author Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Our guest, Sonny Sweeney, is a singer, songwriter, performing, and recording artist. It's a great pleasure to have her here on the Paul Leslie Hour. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. So you're on your way to a gig. We are. We're on our way to Houston right now to play an afternoon show. And then we're going to get back as fast as we can tonight because we actually leave for Japan in the morning. We have to be at the airport at 4 4 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) All right. Wow. Now, have you performed in Japan before? I haven't. I've never even been to Japan. I've been all over Europe and Scandinavia and the UK, but never to Japan. Really excited about it. Wow. I wouldn't necessarily think of Japan uh, as being a place where country music would be. Well, so evidently there's a guy named Charlie Nagatani. Um, I met him at the Grand Ole Opry probably in 2010. And um, he's had this festival. This is the 30th year that he's done a festival in Kumamoto, which is the town where the festival is. And um, back when I met him, he said, I'd love to have you at my festival. And I said, you, all you have to do is tell me when and I'll be there. <laughs> so it took like eight years, but but we're going actually. So I'm really excited about it. On that note, where have you not performed that you would like to? You know, we were talking about that the other day. I mean, I kind of, we've played every state in the United States except for Hawaii and Alaska. And I think I've been to like 16 countries um, in Europe and like, you know, all over Europe and Norway and Sweden and, you know, Ireland and all that. And so I don't really know. I mean, like, I would love to go back to some places. One place I want to go, I don't know if they would ever, I don't know if they do country music there, but I would love to go to Poland. That's kind of like on my bucket list for sure. In the Czech Republic, I'd love to do both of those. And, and I've never been to Spain. So I'd love to go to Spain. Things to look forward to. Yeah. You know, I thought this was one of the greatest descriptions. I don't remember if I saw this on your Twitter feed, but I think you put that what you do or your your Twitter description was just playing honky-tonk music. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of the description. You know, I don't, I don't like saying exactly what kind of music it is, but I think when people hear it, it's pretty self-explanatory that it's definitely country because I'll meet people that don't necessarily listen to country a lot and they'll say, oh, you're an artist, what are you saying about country music? And then they'll ask me like, oh, you mean like this, or oh, you mean like this? And I'll say, no, (laughs) I mean like country music. (laughs) And, you know, the bands that I have, um, you know, we have a Telecaster, and, you know, the drummer plays a really good shuffle. And, you know, there's just a way, and and also the songs, I think, you know, country music tells a story, and I think all of it kind of works together to, to just be legit like country music. You bring up a good point, though, that even when somebody says country music, there's so many different things that that could mean. Oh, yeah. I feel like, I feel like there's, you know, the bottom line is that there's room for every kind of music, 
but the kind that, you know, tickles my fancy is definitely like old country music. And that's kind of the style of music that I like singing and writing to, mostly probably because that's just what I grew up listening to. And it's kind of just whenever I started singing and writing songs, that's just kind of the formula I think I tried to follow. I mean, like Waylon Jennings and Merle Haggard is what I listened to when I was little and Loretta Lynn and, you know, Jesse Coulter and stuff like that. And I kind of just never really started listening to anything else just because that's kind of what, you know, gets me like going, I guess, as far as just like being inspired and stuff like that. So, and I've branched out a little bit. I mean, there's other stuff I definitely listen to, but I find that I gravitate towards other music that's kind of like that as well. You mentioned a few artists there, and this is probably a difficult question, but could you say that there is an artist that has had the biggest influence on you? Um, I don't know if it could be one artist, but like if Waylon Jennings and Loretta Lynn had a baby, that artist would probably be, you know, like their child would probably be like the one that I would have, you know, um, as a, the biggest influence just to to what I do because I listen to a lot of Loretta Lynn and I love her songwriting and I love that she's, you know, her songs are just so simple, but they're about really deep shit and just like deep, you know, you know, deep subject matter. And even back when she started, she was so far ahead of her game. But even now, if her songs came out that were new, you know, that were new now, of the stuff that like she did back then, she would still be ahead of the game. She talked about things that like nobody talked about, you know? And then, and then the sound of Waylon's music with, you know, all the phaser guitars and stuff like that's just, I, I cannot ever get enough of that ever. So I guess if they had a baby, that baby would probably be my biggest influence. Cause I don't know if I could just pick one. <laughs> or maybe that baby would be you. <laughs> <laughs> Waylon Jennings is my dad. <laughs> and I hope my dad's not listening. <laughs> You're from Texas and there have been some really great artists in American music who are from Texas. And one thing that a lot of people say about Texans and Texans say about themselves is that they are different from the rest of the South. Would you agree? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think there's, there's definitely a pride factor from being from here. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of really great stuff in our state that we're proud of. But, you know, we travel a lot, and so I have a song called Nothing Wrong with Texas just about that, actually. And it's it's not just us, so I think everybody thinks where they're from is the best place, which is why every why it feels comfortable when you're at home, you know? So I do love being from Texas, and I've tried to move away a couple of times. I moved to New York City, and then I moved to Nashville, um, but I always end up back home, you know? So yeah. I just... I do, I do think we, you know, have a lot of really great history here, um, and, you know, kind of have certain things instilled in you from a young age that we're all proud of. But also, we, you know, 
kind of take it a little too far sometimes too. And I'm the biggest, you know, person that <laughs> I do that all the time. I think that is great. So, um, but I'm sure people get annoyed with it. <laughs> what would you say you like the most about Texas? Mexican food, <laughs> water burger, <laughs> barbecue. My life centers around food. If you can't figure that out. So, um, but you know, I guess, yeah, really, I mean, Mexican food, probably, just, we have really great Mexican food. And you did not even hesitate for a moment. Because, <laughs> no. I, again, I've traveled a lot, and, you know, our our big joke is like, you know, we're, we're not going to eat sushi in Des Moines, Iowa, or we're not going to eat, you know, Mexican food in, you know, Minnesota. We're going to eat, like, we're gonna eat sushi like on a on a coast at least where there's fish, you know what I mean? Or or Mexican food in Texas. It just makes sense. And you know, we live in Austin, so Austin and San Antonio have, in my opinion, probably some of the best Mexican food that exists on the planet. I love it. You know, there's some exciting things about being a an artist and being a, a touring artist. But you were mentioning at the beginning of the interview Things like getting up at, and, and being on a plane in the wee small hours of the morning. What don't people see about what you do? I was just talking to my friend about this a little while ago. My friend is a photographer, and she was texting me, telling me that she has some studio time that she needs to use up, and if I wanted to do some new photos, she'd love to do them. And, and I said, and she travels a lot, too, and I said, yeah, I need new pictures. You know, you always need new pictures for promo and stuff. And and then she was like, well, I'll send you some dates tomorrow. And I said, well, I'm going to be on a plane to Japan. And she goes, oh, the rock star life. And I was like, uh-huh. And then we started <laughs> laughing. She goes, showered in truck stops much? You know, like we're laughing about all the stuff people don't see. And, you know, people think that it's so glamorous. And there are absolutely things that are completely badass and, like, there's perks and there's amazing opportunities we have and things like that. But what people don't see is the 12 hours driving to get to a gig to play 90 minutes or they don't see the shitty hotel rooms or they don't see, you know, popping a tire on the side of the highway or, you know, dealing with, you know, seriously drunk people. Like, you know, you just, you don't see those things. They just think like, Oh, it's, so easy and you just work 90 minutes a day and that is absolutely not true it's the hardest i've ever worked at any job <laughs> and it's the most time i've ever put into anything and it's you know i've been doing this i can't remember either 17 or 18 years and you know it's it is hard it is absolutely hard and it it's very well worth it because the the benefits outweigh the you know bad stuff by all accounts but you try to let the good things carry you through. Like when we have like a bad gig or something or, you know, where something's not just up to par, then you go, that's okay. You know, I did blah, blah, blah. And you tell yourself, you know, it'll just carry you through, through the, the low part. You know what I mean? Cause there are, it's up and down. And I wrote a song with a friend of mine, Aaron Enderlin and Buddy Owens, who wrote a song the other day called Poet's Prayer. And, I'll have to think about the words. It's just something like, this business breaks your heart. 
it's a big old mean machine. It'll grind your bones to make the bread and then piss all over your dreams. <laughs> like it's a, it's a really true statement because it's a very hard business, but like you have to, you know, persevere and push through. And, you know, I don't ever pull the girl card, but I mean, being a female in this business is, you know, not the easiest thing in the world. So I wear hats all the time. So I don't have time to fix my hair half the time. We hop out and do a sound check and have like an hour and a half or something to eat. And, you know, I'd rather put makeup on than fix my hair, you know, and I have to like make those decisions. Now, granted, there's some days where we have off for, you know, two days off and you have plenty of time to do everything you need to do. But like, I don't even go to the grocery store when I'm home because I'm so tired. I just want to go home and like sit on the couch and, you know, kind of catch up from being gone, you know? Mm-hmm. So. So through the years of you doing this, who would you say among your peers that you especially admire? There's so many. You know, I have lots of, like, songwriting friends. I admire a lot of of them um, because they just basically spit out these amazing songs. Lori McKenna probably is the biggest, I'm the, you know, as far as, like, being a fan of someone. Like, I'm just a huge fan of everything that she does and you know, being able to even write with her is always really, really, I mean, probably the highlight. I write with her about once a year. It's a really big highlight of my year because she's just, like, only a couple years older than me, but she's just so maternal, and she's, like, makes you talk about things that you don't normally want to talk about, and then somehow, you know, y'all write a song about it, and it's just it's crazy, and I've talked about her with other girlfriends of mine and they're like yes it's the exact same like you before you know it like you're just kind of like you're in a therapy session you know but then like as far as like artists go I really really you know have I've been friends with her for a long time but Miranda Lambert you know I've known her since she was about 16 and we're from right in the same part of Texas and I have watched her go from you know opening shows at a little, you know, bar in College Station to headlining huge arenas. And watching that kind of really gratifying because she's just so amazing live and, and she has really good song taste. So, you know, her songs are all really great. I, I really love them. And then there's one, it always is the one she writes by herself that I like the most. Like there's one called Bathroom Sink. I can't remember which record it's on, but it's probably my favorite song that she has and she wrote it by herself. And then, you know, but then like other touring artists, you know, all, a lot of my friends kind of, you know, we're all just out here humping it and trying to make a dollar and, you know, make some fans and sell some t-shirts. I always say that we're just like glorified cotton salesmen, cotton and beer salesmen, you know, because we, if the bar, if bar gets pissed, if we don't sell, you know, beer. So, you try to you try to sell as much beer as you can, basically, and then selling T-shirts is how we make money. I mean, you don't make money on CDs anymore. Well, it shows you do, but you know, not not like back in the day or whatever. And so, merch is a huge a huge point of interest for me. Particular, I love it. I mean, I know some people don't 
kind of a hassle to set it up and everything, but but it, it's a really very pertinent part of this job, in my opinion, because it's an easy way that it's just money that's sitting there, you know, plus it's advertisement. So when you have these hardcore fans that, you know, buy stuff with your name on it and then they wear it to other shows and other people see it, it's just like, it's literally a walking billboard, you know, of, of your name. So I find it odd. I mean, I still find it odd when I get merch designs from my management, they like send, Hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, uh, I think it's weird. I think it's weird that my name is on shit and that people buy it, you know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that they do really makes a difference. So until they quit buying it, I'm going to, you know, keep coming up with new designs. I'm glad you're bringing this up because I learned that you have a public relations degree. I'm sure that's a valuable skill. Nobody ever asked me about it. Nobody ever asked me about that. <laughs> I went to college in, well, I lived in Austin, but I went in San Marcos, which is about 30 minutes south of Austin. And it was called um, Southwest Texas when I went there. Now it's called Texas State. But and my dad basically said, I'll pay for your school if, you know, you'll just do it, basically. And so and then he goes, then you can do anything you want. And I think what he meant was that the world is mine. You know, you have the world in a in a nutshell or whatever that saying is. Like you have, you can do anything you want if you just get a college degree. And so when I graduated, I go, okay, well now I'm going to start a band. And he goes, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I did. I started a band, and you know, they were all always. They've been very, very supportive. But I think behind closed doors I think they were kind of rolling their eyes like oh great you know fans are a bunch of you know potheads and they just like you know you know party all the time and all this and and so it took a couple of years for for them to actually like come to some shows they they came to every show in the beginning but it took like a couple of years and then my dad was like oh you're legit like doing this. Like <laughs> you don't have another job. Like this is it, you know? And so, and he, he is an artist. He, he like a draw drawing, you know, and he made jewelry and was a painter and a drawing, drawing artist or whatever you, I guess just the artist is what it's called. But he wanted to do that with his life. And I think that that was part of it is he didn't want to see me fail and have my heart broken. And so that's the only reason I think, there was any reason he tried to steer me away from it. But then now he'll call me and be like, he's asking me about, you know, Hey, how much merch did you sell last night? You know, <laughs> like he's getting all into it and, you know, it's, it's really cute. And I think, you know, he was in Italy last month. I think him and my stepmom went over there and then he said they were sitting at a winery with their friends. And, um, I guess that they were playing, well, this is kind of, silly but like my dad loves music and and him and you know my parents are my biggest fans obviously but my dad was like playing my music on his phone and this Italian fan walked over to him and said oh you're listening to Sonny Sweeney and my dad's like kind of his chest puffed out and I was like yeah this is my daughter (laughs) (laughs) he said that that was so cool for him and this is kind of like oh wow you know wow yeah it's it's silly, but it, you know, I'm like, dad, don't do that. 
Don't do that when we're in when you're in public. Like do that when you're at your house. Like don't play my music <laughs> in public sitting at a bar. Well, that's got to be a big compliment, though. What would you say is the biggest compliment that you've received as an artist? So the other day I got this piece of mail, and I read my mail, you know, my fan, there's fan mail, which that's another thing that weirds me out. Like, I can't believe people actually think enough about me to actually send me, like, a letter about what they think about me or about my music or something. It just... It's, it's just something that has never really set in, you know, very much because it, it just seems like, well, it's just me. Why would these people care? You know, like that's how I look at it. But then the fact that they take the time out of their day to write a letter really means a lot. So I, I do read it and I got this huge envelope the other day. It was like pretty thick and well, like a big manila envelope. And I was like, what in the heck is this? And so I opened it. There was a check. Some guy had written me a check, like a cashier's check, and wrote this big, long thing about he was marrying his love of his life, and he never thought he would find her. He already, you know, been through blah, 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 or whatever. And Anyway, found this this woman, and he was just it's the love of his life, and he finally was going to marry her. And one of my songs, called Grow Old With Me, he said that's their wedding song and what he wanted to give her for a wedding present instead of giving her like a pair of domineerings or something or, you know, whatever kind of standard wedding gift, he wanted to give her handwritten lyrics from me of that song. He put in there a pen, he put a copy of the lyrics, he put extra sheets of paper with this real nice paper and he wrote this, you know, big long letter and said if you can please do this and mail it you know by so-and-so date it would mean more to me than anything you could ever imagine so my mom's standing there when i'm reading it i said oh my god mom read this crazy my mom starts crying my mom goes oh my god i cannot believe that somebody likes that song enough to ask you to do this i said yeah no kidding and they went to like all this trouble even making it so easy for me (laughs) to do it with with a pen and paper and so I actually just mailed it this morning. I wrote it out. My handwriting's terrible, but I wrote it out this morning and sent it to him. But it just was like, wow, I can't believe that somebody actually liked something that I did basically for myself. Like, I, you know, write songs pretty much for myself, you know, just to get stuff off my chest. And then but somebody else related to it enough to want that to be their present to their wife. I just thought it was so cool, you know. But stuff like that, when when people connect to your music, I mean, that's really ultimately what you do it for, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, That's very cool. A guy is very thoughtful to think of that. That's what I thought. I was like, you're getting lucky tonight, pal. (laughs) (laughs) All the listeners, they can go on SonnySweeney.com, and there's a lot of videos that are linked there. I was watching a lot of the videos and listening to some of the live performances, and I was watching some of the music videos, and then I started reading some of the comments. It kind of sent me like on a a social media down a rabbit hole, and Mm -hmm. it really made me wonder, if you read a lot of the comments that you find on YouTube and on Instagram, because Uh. there were a couple that were like, 
well, they're really, really impassioned. Somebody said that they listened to one of the, they, they said, I watch this YouTube video every single day. I'm not kidding. You know, <laughs> it's like, Man. I'm no, wondering, do you read comments like that? On YouTube, no, I'm, I am very technically challenged with things like that. Like I, I get on YouTube to like look up a song or something, but I don't really listen to anything of mine. You know, like I, I don't, I don't like go on there to, to look at my stuff, but that is a great idea because I forgot that there are comments on there. So I do, I am, I'm huge Instagram user and Facebook and that kind of social media, but I honestly didn't even think about there being comments on there on YouTube. You know, there's a couple of songs that have really spurred a lot of personal notes that people have sent me. The one called Stands Worse Than Leaving about getting divorced, which, you know, kind of shit happens, but I've already been through two divorces and a lot of it is because of this business. I mean, it's just so hard being away and causes stress and trouble, you know, elsewhere. But like that song, a lot of people relate to and they will send me these very long letters and notes and like how they weren't able to leave. It's funny what people take from a song because there was absolutely zero domestic abuse. There was zero anything in my personal situation. It just kind of fell apart, you know, it's the facts, I guess. But the certain people have said, like, you gave me the courage to leave my husband because blah, blah, blah. And, or you gave me the courage to leave my wife or, you know, whatever. And, like, I just never think when I'm making a song that there's going to be anybody that actually is going to relate to it. But then when they do, you're kind of like, oh, my God, somebody actually related to that, you know. And then the other one is Bottle by My Bed about wanting a baby and like that one has blown my mind the the things people have told me stories about so and I've made a lot of really good friends actually that are I call them fan friends because they're fans first and then they become friends there's this one girl named Amy in Tulsa and I just I, you know you just meet someone and you just connect with them and you don't really know why and don't really know is it weird that I'm letting this person in my life like so intimately without knowing them or whatever, but I just really felt like I connected to her for some reason. And I saw her a couple of times last year in different gigs in Oklahoma and her and her husband showed up at my gig. The last time we were in Oklahoma, she just like broke down in tears and handed me this handwritten letter in this gift basket with all this very like personal stuff that like only I would appreciate like a, you know, cute little wine glass and like a bag that has my dog's name on it and like this stuff that like in my color lipstick I and mean, like a great gift basket and like she was just so thoughtful and and then I said, You do not have to give me anything. Like just having you be at my show is everything I want. She goes, No, you don't understand what you've given me because evidently there was like, you know, some fertility issues that they were having and that song she said literally they would listen to it every single day and was the only thing that got her emotionally through it. Cause just because she was like, there's actually another person on this planet that's in the exact same boat I am. You know? And that's not why 
that song got written. That song got written kind of as a diary entry, and I was going to just, like, put it under my bed and never look at it again. But I'm so glad that I made that choice instead to put it on my record because it's clearly one of, you know, a few of my songs that really connect with people. And though it's an awkward thing to sing about, nobody wants to talk about feeling broken or having something wrong with you or why can't this happen to me or whatever. Just, you know, it, it just was, it's something that I've made friends over and I, I love that. It seems like it's almost therapeutic for you. Yeah. I mean, that's why, I, I mean, that's why you write songs, I think. I mean, that's why I write songs. You know, that's why they say, <laughs> They say you can't write songs when you're happy. Another day, I started writing one called "I'm Begging for the Blues" because I just I've been like I've been having a a slump so much just lately because I've been I hate saying that I'm happier being divorced, but it took such a weight off my shoulders that I've just been like da like everything's great, <laughs> you know. And so I'm like literally begging for something <laughs> to happen so that I can have you know something to write about you know and that's like pretty standard like most of my friends that I've talked to about that kind of say the same thing like hell no you can't write songs when you're happy (laughs) what are you going to write about (laughs) yeah you know well who would you like to sing a duet with that you haven't yet oh god um dead or alive (laughs) or just alive alive. (laughs) because I would say Waylon Jennings but I sang with Jesse Coulter, and that was pretty amazing. But, I mean, you know, Loretta Lynn probably, like, write, like, a, you know, badass girl song about that. Or Ryan Adams, too. I love Ryan Adams. I think he's amazing. You know, I love Jack White. And they're not like country. That's the thing. But I feel like there's, well, certainly there's things of Ryan Adams that are, have country influences for sure. But I love a lot of his up-tempo, more like rock and stuff too. And I just think he's super cool. So I guess him, if I could just pick one. What does it mean to get sweenered? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to turn my name into a verb. <laughs> so uh, there is a there's no dirty connotation to it at all. Like, ever, there's been a bunch of people that have asked me that. What does that mean? And I was like, just, we just turned my name into a verb. My nickname is always Sweeter. And so, since I was a little kid, every there's a whole bunch of us with that last name. And so, they called us the Sweeter, you know. And so, all my cousins and stuff. And I just kind of kind of stuck, I guess. And then I thought, well, if that's my nickname, and you turn into a verb, it's Sweeneard, which <laughs> grammatically, you know, is, I guess, correct. So it's getting sweeneard. So I guess that's the answer. I don't really have an answer besides that. But then whenever I made Instagram and the other things with a handle, I never in a million years imagined that that name would be the thing that people had to see because I never thought, like when I made those social media accounts, that social media would be what it is now, you know? Yeah. I would have definitely just used my name because a lot of people say, I can't find your page. What is it? 
I'm like, oh crap, I should have, should have not used that. But there was like however long ago when those accounts were created, you know, 10 years probably. How important is honesty? It's utmost, like of utmost importance. It's probably the most important. So you can't, you don't ever have to remember what you said, you know? <laughs> so being truthful. I always like to end the interviews by just letting the guests take the stage. Very open-ended. Oh, you're, you're in for it. <laughs> <laughs> you can just take the microphone, say whatever you like. Well, like in regards to what? Anything? Anything. Anything. Okay, well, I am very grateful for my job and grateful that I get to do this for a living. Shocked that I get to do this for a living, but grateful nonetheless. And anybody listening to your show will come out and see us and would love to shake your hand. And anyone out there who's listening, they can check out the tour pages and can go see you wherever you might be. So I just have one more question. Mm -hmm. Who is Sunny Sweeney? Oh. Um... Probably just a girl from East Texas that never thought she'd leave there, you know? I really didn't. I was talking to my bass player the other day about this Japan trip. He's from Oklahoma, and I said, dude, did you ever think you'd go to Japan? He goes, no, I never thought I'd leave Oklahoma, <laughs> you know? And that's what the music business does that allows, even though it's hard and even though it's hard on your body and your mind and your emotions and your spirit and everything, it's still the most gratifying job I think I could ever do. So I hope that I can continue doing it so that I don't have to try to do something else because I know I would do it half-assed because <laughs> I give everything to this, you know? Well, thank you very much for spending time with us. Absolutely. I enjoyed talking to you. I hope. Um, where do you live? New York or L.A.? Uh, I'm in Atlanta. <laughs> cool. Well, we just play it. We're playing in Atlanta in December. I saw that. At Eddie's Attic. Do you want to come? I would love to. Yeah, I'd love for you to come. That'd be yeah, great. Just hit me up. You've got my cell phone, too. So I think we're there for two days, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, just hit me up closer to time. I'd love to meet you. Well, thank you so much. It'd be an honor. All right. Absolutely. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. If you enjoy these interviews, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast. You can help us by listening on the free Radio Public app. The show can also be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, or Overcast. For more information, visit thepaulleslie.com or follow on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, all at thepaulleslie. The Paul Leslie Hour theme song is performed and composed by Jeff Pike. Outro music is performed and composed by John Goodwin. See you next time on The Paul Leslie Hour.